welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Thanks so much, Adam and Hannah. Hello, everybody. As you can see, I've still not quite managed to have my coronavirus haircut yet, but it's imminent, don't worry. And I'm just really excited about the uh, next little while together now. We're going to um, just do things a little bit differently in today's talk as we conclude this series that we've been going through, uh, looking at the book of Acts and the revolutionary DNA that we have in the church of Jesus Christ. And so for one last time in this series, let's turn to the touchstone passage that we've been cycling through again and again as we seek to be uh, more radical as a community at such a time as this. This is Acts chapter 2 and we're going to read verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I just want us to focus on those last 13 words there. And the Lord added daily to their number, those being saved. We see here that uh, Christianity is contagious, that the church is designed to grow. And not just occasionally, but continually daily, we hear here. In this series, we have studied, we've celebrated uh, many of the revolutionary aspects of Christian community. But the greatest miracle of all, greater than revolutionary prayer, revolutionary uh, economics, revolutionary relationships, is the revolution that comes to someone's life when they become a follower of Jesus, when they encounter the living Jesus. That changes everything. And so what we're going to do today is this. In a moment, I'm going to show you an extended interview with someone who has become a member of this church. She wrote to me three weeks ago, exactly, it was Father's Day, to say, I just want to share with you the wonderful things that Jesus has done in my life in the last year since I first stepped foot in the church. And it's such a wonderful story that whereas often we just um, we, we do 30 second little vox pop video testimonies, people talking about the difference Jesus made in their lives. We do that every week in Emmaus because it's just normal. Uh, everyone's experiencing the risen Jesus. But this week we're going to go a bit deeper and take a bit longer into one person's story. And as you hear this, 
I hope that you are impacted as I've been impacted with the wonderful good news again, that the gospel we have today is the same one that people were responding to daily 2,000 years ago. It's the same Jesus, it's the same church, and we get to be part of that story. So take a look at this wonderful interview with my friend, a member of our church family, Linz Hendrick. So, Linz, thank you for joining us. You are a loved member of Emmaus Road Woking and you've been part of our church family for about a year now, is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, for those of us that don't know you, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what does life look like for you at the moment? Okay, so I'm Lindsay, as you said. I've got three children, Liam, Jasmine and Bella. Um, I'm a nurse and I've just got a new job in the prison, which is very exciting. Um, and I also own my own business, uh, doing hair and makeup, nails, things like that. So yeah, life's pretty busy at the moment. Amazing. So we've obviously got you kind of chatting with us this morning to um, just share a bit about your how life has changed for you since you've met Jesus and then joined the church. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what life has been like for you in the past? Okay, yep. So. Um, my parents split up when I was nine and I now don't have a relationship with my dad. Mm. Um, had an abusive stepfather, moved to Wales when I was 14, uh, which was tough, sort of, you know, midway through high school, left friends, family, etc. Yeah. Um, I then got married in Wales, um, had two children, had a very volatile, violent marriage. Mm ended up living in a refuge for our safety um, and then got a safe move back to Surrey. Um, so I left again, left family, friends, I lost my home, I lost my job. Um, you know, like I say, I'm a nurse, so I can take my career pretty much anywhere. But actually leaving the hospital where I was working was really tough as well. Mm. Um, and then fast forward to 2015 and I met who I thought was Mr. Perfect, as, mm. as us girls do, um, and I got pregnant with Bella and was subject to complete abuse, abusive mentally, um, not physically this time, but I completely lost myself. Yeah. Um, and in, when Bella was born, 2016, when she was five weeks old, we were held hostage in the home. Um, from that, her dad went to prison and I also became a prisoner in my own head, in my own home. Um, yeah, it was really tough. Uh, when he was released, I didn't leave the house. I was giving the kids random days off school because I just couldn't face letting them go. I was petrified. Um, then in 2019, I was diagnosed with PTSD and medicated. Mm. I did a self-referral uh, for counselling, which was amazing, but it did mean that I had to go to town, which was like mutual territory for us. So again, I was really petrified of bumping into him and, or even his family. Um, and I think I was on about week five of counselling and I was walking back to the car and I found this little, well, I can only describe as an imitation pebble, <laughs> um, which says you are not alone on one side and courage on the other. Wow. 
and yeah I just I just saw it sparkling on the floor and my inner magpie picked it up and it was that um, and I immediately felt this kind of overwhelming sense of protection and peace and I held on to this pebble really tightly whenever I left the house um, a couple of other little things happened that that made me that were out of the ordinary let's just say um, so I spoke to one of my colleagues at work, Amanda, who is also a member of Emmaus Road Woking. And I said to her, you know, I don't know what this is. It just feels like some sort of higher power. Mm. And she said, Lindsay, it's God. And I was, she would say that, you know. <laughs> um, and then she invited me to church. Okay, so had you experienced church before? Um, yeah, in year six at the Harvest Festival. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no, church was not, not a thing in our house. Um, so, so what, how did that meet your expectations? Um, okay, so Amanda said to me, um, yeah, I'll meet you there on Sunday. We'll get there about sort of 20 past nine and it's at Ho Valley. And I was thinking to myself, at Ho Valley? I've not seen any churches along that road. <laughs> She said, yeah, just, just drive into the car park and I'll wait for you. I said, okay. So I drove into the car park and I'm thinking, maybe it's behind the school. Maybe I just haven't seen it before. So I waited for Amanda and we walked into the school hall and she's like, oh, you know, that's Josh and Em and there's Josh in his jeans and trainers. And I was thinking, what is going on? Jonas, you were carrying Jonas. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, band at the front and I sat down and... Um, then this guy was invited up the front. Um, as I mentioned, I don't have a relationship with my dad and my mm. children don't have a relationship with theirs. So Father's Day isn't really a thing in our house. Mm. I actually didn't even realise it was Father's Day until it was kind of an hour. Oh, yeah, this gosh, Sunday that you went was Father's actually Day. Father's Day. Yeah, I didn't okay. even realise. Um, so then this guy was invited up the front and he started reading this poem about baldy dads dancing to the YMCA and... <laughs> convenience store chocolates and thinking what is where am I you know what is going on um then he said about Father's Day can actually be quite a challenge for some people mm. and um it can be a trigger and it's really tough because some people don't have a relationship with their dad some people's dads have passed away and I remember sitting there thinking does this guy know me mm. he's he's describing me does he know me um, and that was Pete Gregg, wasn't it? He was that was Pete that morning. That was Pete again in his Converse and jeans and <laughs> me, you know. I Did left... you even ask your friends like where the collars? Oh yeah, are? yeah. So yeah, so I said to Amanda, you know, where are their like dog collar things, you know? And she just said to me, I don't know. Maybe they forgot to put them on today. And I believed her. <laughs> I did actually believe it. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because like I say, you know, I, I hadn't been in church since school and that was in an actual church with, um, you know, an organ and lots of little old ladies in hats and hymns. And so this was completely new to me, yeah. but I loved it. I was hooked from that day. I was hooked. So what has your experience with church been like since? That first so day. I remember, um, I think it was like week 
three of church I approached you and you introduced me to Julia and Julian who are collective leaders um, and this medicated anxious mess went to their house for the first time didn't know them sat down and around a table um, with people that I didn't know and those people have actually turned into family they're just incredible inspirational encouraging amazing they're literally leaning posts of my life every single one of them mm. um, and yeah so church for me I tried to be I remember thinking I've got to kind of be a bit outgoing and on the week that Amanda didn't come to church I didn't know she wasn't coming and I remember sitting in the car thinking I can't go in there I can't go in there on my own <laughs> and you kind of like talk to yourself don't you and I was like, Lindsay don't be so silly of course you can and I walked in and I was greeted by Alan and Alan gave me a hug and I'm not a huggy person I'm quite a bit you know and Alan hugged me and it just felt like a dad hug mm. you know uh, it, yeah it was great and yeah I've just not looked back it was brilliant Amazing. So you've obviously had a great experience yeah, in terms really of the church family. Yeah. But in terms of your relationship with Jesus, was mm. it really Alpha that was the fundamental part? Absolutely. Of that? Alpha was incredible. Um, week one, we had Julia Immonen speaking, mm. and she was talking about um, forgiving her father. Um, he was he was abusive as well, and she was talking about. Um, how she had to forgive him to gain inner peace mm. and she used the quote um, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die mm. and I felt that mm. I really felt that um, and that took me on a little journey um, of forgiveness and I'd only thought of um, my ex-husband and Bella's dad in a real sort of negative way before. Mm. But actually, it was at that point that I was able to forgive them. And I forgave what they'd done. I wasn't, I didn't fear, fear them any less, um, mm. but in my heart, I knew that there was better to come. And I actually knew at Alpha, I, I realized that I've been through some pretty traumatic stuff and mm. I've come out of it quite unscathed really in the grand scheme of things so that's how I know that even though I didn't know God has actually been with me the whole time yeah. and I think because of that I'm actually really grateful for my past even though it was tough I'm really grateful because it's paved my future it's, I can now share this strength with people. I can be, you know, encouraging for people and show them that actually in any situation, there's always hope. And I'm not saying that Christians have it easy all the time because we don't, but God is with you in every situation. Yeah. And I think Alpha really showed me that listening to other people's experiences. And I think I'm one of those people as well that if I feel like other people know more, think more than something about me, I'm a little bit quiet. 
but I was really encouraged to kind of ask questions mm. and you know the videos did bring up questions for me so the, the time afterwards where you get to sort of sit in a smaller group and listen to other people's views and questions and things was yeah it was really helpful really helpful wow mm. that's really inspiring yeah and it was amazing encouraging to hear your journey of forgiveness and mm. relationship with Jesus and but you've had also now really significant last few months right amazing yeah tell us a little bit more about some of that okay so in January um, I was supposed to travel back to Wales it was actually a friend's funeral and I was still quite anxious at this point um, so sorry this is January 2019 I was really um, anxious and I remember being the night before I was due to travel I was having like waking nightmares of crashing on the motorway and I wasn't taking the children it was just me going and I was petrified to the point that I didn't go so then in December 2019 I was due to go again and I that was the first time I actually realized that my anxiety had gone it had completely gone and I drove to Wales with no fear, no anxiety. I had an awesome time. I came home and yeah, it was great. I then went to Edinburgh, which again, you would think would give me some sort of anxiety. Mm. Nope, I was fine. And it was then that I realized that, okay, I need to start thinking, I want to start thinking about coming off this medication. Okay. Um, so I did, I'm, I don't, take meds anymore I don't have counseling anymore and I'm more to the point I don't have anxiety anymore you know um it's it's incredible yeah. so your relationship with Jesus that started rocking up at a church and then mm. trying out Alpha is really yeah absolutely turned your life around for your definitely family definitely right? um on Father's Day this year mm -hmm. um obviously that is that is a significant day of the year for me to think that's the first time I went to church last year. Mm. So it marks it every year. Yeah. The day before I received a message on Facebook from my ex-husband. Um, I haven't heard from him for 11 years. My children don't have a relationship with him. But he actually asked for a divorce. Mm. Um, and normally I would have felt huge anxiety, even seeing his name. You know, mm -hmm. I have had nightmares about him for years. I've feared him for years. Um, but he said to me, I'm sorry for everything that happened between us. I'm not that person anymore. Um, I'm sorry for what happened to you. I'm sorry that you lost everything. And I, well, I was able to take the power back mm. because I said to him, I've already forgiven you. I forgave you last year. And he said, that, that means a lot to me. You know, that really does mean a lot to me. And I feel like in my head, I can visualize a timeline of events of my life up to and during the last year. And I am at peace now with every single one of them. And I thank God for every single one of them because I've just got, I've got, just got the future to look forward to now. Mm. Fillings for anyone who might be like considering Alpha or this relationship with Jesus, like what would you say to them? I would say it's probably not what you think it is. Alpha is 
really chilled. Um, go with an open mind mm. and meet amazing people. You know, if, you, if you're not being invited by a friend and you're going on your own, just pluck up the courage because you will receive the warmest welcome. Mm. Um, have your questions answered and yeah, just, just listen. Just listen to people's experiences because Alpha is incredible. Wow, uh, Linz, thank you so much for sharing that story so powerfully, your story. It couldn't be more personal than that, but it is so powerful because it is this reminder of what salvation really means. Linz talked about being saved. I mean, that's the language we have in Acts 2 verse 47. The Lord added daily to the number, their number those who were being saved. And Linz has been saved from so many things, from chronic anxiety, from cycles of broken and damaging relationships, from bitterness and unforgiveness she was very honest about that the, the that image of you know bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking a poison and hoping the other person will die and so she's been set free from so many of the painful things the broken things in her own past and as a as a christian i know that this isn't just sort of psychology it's not the result of some great product or program uh, this is the power of jesus it's the gospel of jesus uh, outworked in her life if we turn to one of my favorite uh, bible passages romans 1 verse 16 the apostle paul uh, says this i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Beautiful. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you hear a story like Lindsay's story, you think this is nothing but good news, nothing to be ashamed of. We need to be confident in uh, the beautiful story of Jesus Christ. But notice as well that Lindsay's salvation story isn't just a list of things she's been saved from. It's also things that she has been saved for. And that came out very strongly uh, in her story. She so clearly got new hope and new purpose and new courage to uh, go after life. She's honest about the fact, you know, now she's a Christian, she still has problems, but there's a new sense of Lord, the Lord with her and giving her strength and wisdom to deal with things. She also gave this strong sense of how the, her history has been redeemed into a new destiny. I think she even said, you know, I, I, I don't regret the things that happened to me, even though they were agony, because those are what make me strong for the future. This is a gear change. She's been saved from, but also saved for. And notice as well, she's been saved for community and for family. She talked so movingly about the role that church and community has played in her life as a, a single mum, uh, as she, you know, in this season. And so uh, she has been beautifully saved for community. And we see that, don't we, in, um, in Acts 2 verse 47. The Lord added to their number daily 
those who were getting saved were getting saved into a community. They didn't just have a sort of change of heart or a change of mind, uh, some you know, supernatural experience in their bedrooms, but they were joined into the body of Christ, the revolutionary community of Christ. And so this really is the gospel. I just want to finish this simple talk by giving you the opportunity to experience what Lynn's has experienced. I'm sure your story is not her story. Some people have very dramatic uh, stories of, uh, of the things they've been saved from, you know, a drug addiction or prison sentences or whatever. And others, our stories, my stories is really pretty simple. I, I often think the main thing Jesus saved me from, apart from sin, was just boredom. You know, I, I'm a, a child of the stockbroker belt, the home counties. I could so easily have lived this kind of middle class, middle of the road, middle aged life all my life. But because I met Jesus and found his purpose for my life, there hasn't been a boring moment in decades. Jesus saves us. And, you know, the Bible says that every single one of us does need saving. We have all screwed our lives up. We've all sinned in thought and word and deed. We've all hurt others. We've hurt ourselves. We've hurt the planet that we're living on. And we've ultimately hurt the God who has only ever loved us and given us life. We've all sinned. Anyone who says they haven't sinned, they're just totally deceived and they're probably a little bit arrogant as well. Uh, the, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have, you have. And we just need to have the humility to admit that. That's where it begins. Lynn's didn't need any convincing. She knew that her life was broken and she, something was missing and that she needed help. And then it goes beyond just feeling, you know, yes, I've messed up my life. I need saving because uh, then we have to do something about it. And uh, the, the, the gospel says this, that God so loved each one of us that he gave his life. He gave his son, Jesus, to die for each one of us so that in his death, the, the, the bad things, the broken things, the death-like things that happen in our lives can be redeemed and turned into life and goodness, hope and health. The Bible says that when Jesus died on that cross, he was dying for you because he loves you so much he would gladly take the bullet for you. And all we have to do is accept his gift of forgiveness, of salvation. Just saying, yes, I've messed up. God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've said and thought and done. Thank you that you died for me on that cross. Now, would you forgive me and give me a brand new start? Would you wipe the board clean? Would you give me a new song in my heart? And to become a Christian is to be saved from sin, saved from cycles of addiction, saved from brokenness and other kinds of dysfunction, saved from selfishness, but it's also to be saved for. And so Jesus didn't just die on the cross, but he rose again from the grave. He's alive today and you have been saved for a relationship with him. You can walk and talk through every day of your life knowing him close to you. 
To be a Christian is to be a friend of God, to have a living relationship with God. It doesn't make you religious. It doesn't make you, I hope, boring. It certainly, I hope, doesn't make you a hypocrite. It's the exact reverse. Christians are people who admit that they've messed up their lives. But it does mean that you have a relationship with God and that changes everything about work and family, your thought life, how you spend your time, how you spend your money. It leads you into this revolutionary way of life that we see in the early church, which we've been studying and celebrating together in this series. It is good news so attractive, so universal, that for 2,000 years, people have been added daily to the Church of Jesus Christ. Millions and millions of people in every tribe and tongue have heard this good news that they can be forgiven, that the God who made them loves them, that they can step into the destiny, they can find the purpose for their life in relationship with God. There are great things that God has put you on earth to do that you will never do unless you surrender your life to him. I like watching people surfing, but until I get into the water and commit myself to the waves, I'm never going to be able to do it. Can I just invite you today, if you've never sealed the deal, Maybe you've been watching these services online. Maybe you've been hanging around Christians for a while, but you know in your heart of hearts you have never said to Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. I want to put you first. I want to follow you. I want to be your friend. If you've never become a Christian, why don't you be one of the people who the Lord adds to his church this day as he's been doing for 2,000 years. So we're just going to pray a simple prayer now. And you may want to pray this uh, with me now, just uh, quietly in your heart. Uh, If you're you're, um, watching on a screen on your own, this is going to be super easy. If you're with others, uh, you may want to just quietly do that now, or you may want to watch this back later and, uh, and, and just pray this prayer. But this is the prayer that literally, I think two billion people probably alive today have prayed a prayer a bit like this and become followers of Jesus. So let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, I admit that I have messed up my life. I confess my sin. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me my sin and give me a fresh start? Would you fill me with your spirit and help me to live as your friend, putting you first today and for the rest of my life. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, I want to strongly encourage you to tell someone that you've done it, just as Lynn's had the courage and you you were encouraged by her courage of sharing her story. And sometimes we can think, oh, it's weird to be a follower of Jesus, but it's not weird. It's the most wonderful thing ever, as you saw with Linz. I want to encourage you, just text someone or tell someone, say, I prayed that prayer. I want to be a Christian. 
Now, this is the most wonderful, the most natural thing that can possibly happen, but it's also one of the most challenging. Linz was honest about some of the challenges of being a Christian, and that's why we need church. Remember, people added daily to their number to the church. And this is kind of weird at a time of lockdown where we're, we're meeting virtually, but we're not all together in one place yet. I can't wait for September when we'll start meeting together in that way. But that's why it's so important to tell someone. You may also want to make a decision now that you're going to sign up for Alpha uh, next term. Lynn's talked about how important Alpha has been in her own journey of faith. Alpha will help you process the questions that you're asking about the Lord Jesus Christ and it will help you to grow. It's just like a, a plant. When you put it in the garden, it needs some watering and some TLC, but then it grows into something beautiful and strong. And that's what's begun in you today if you prayed that prayer. If you thought about praying it, but you thought, I'm not sure yet, then I'd encourage you to think about doing Alpha 2 next term because uh, it's, it, it, you know, millions of people have done it. it you know, no one's going to Bible bash you, but it's a great, safe, friendly environment where you can ask the questions uh, that you have. And it's important that in becoming followers of Jesus, we don't kiss our brains goodbye, but we think and we engage intellectually as well as from the heart. And so do check out Alpha. The details going to come up on the screen a little bit later and that will really be a great next, next step for you. In this series, we've celebrated the revolutionary gospel of Jesus Christ that changes the way we relate, the way that we pray, the way that we uh, handle money. It, it changes everything. But the greatest revolution of all is when someone becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Congratulations to those who've begun that journey today and hallelujah everybody. Thanks so much.